Well, I've been commissioned by my family tonight to fulfill a mission, and that is to tell you two jokes. One from Eden, who is nine years old, and one from Judah, who's six. Here's Eden's jokes. If you see him, let him know I told you the joke. He said, Dad, you have to tell these jokes. And how many people have been to the Statue of Liberty in here? Good, good. Well, does anyone know why the Statue of Liberty is hollow? Anybody know why? Well, you'd be hollow too if you, if you gave birth to a nation. That was Eden's joke. It's a good one. Now here's Judah's joke. Does anyone know why skeletons don't like wintertime? Anyone know? Well, it's just that the cold goes right through them. Just goes. I did it. I fulfilled my mission. And you can share those with your friends tomorrow at work. Hey, I want to greet you on behalf of our pastor, Pastor John Pfeffer, uh, who is, uh, went to on a trip, a missions trip to Mexico last week uh, to minister with James Rackley Ministries. And uh, him and Miss Anita will be back this Sunday. Uh, be so nice to have them back in the house. But I want to greet you on his behalf and welcome you to Faith Christian Center. We want you to know that God has a great purpose for your life. And that if you'll just trust him, he'll accomplish the things that concern you. Is there anyone here in this house tonight who's visiting with us for the very first time? If you're here for the first time, would you just raise your hand tonight? All right. It's the first time. Anyone else? Good. We got a gentleman up here. Good, two ladies here, wonderful. Good, we got two up here. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome. And uh, these handsome gentlemen are handing out a welcome packet. We want to welcome you, and you can look over that welcome packet. And in there also is a guest record. And if you would please take the time to fill out that guest record, we want to have a record of your visit, and our pastor would like to send you a letter thanking you for joining us. So at the end of the service, when the container comes by, you can just put that guest record right in there, and that will be wonderful. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's so good to know the one who made us, isn't it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're here tonight because you love us so much, and your love is so great, it's moved us to love you. Lord, you loved us before we ever uh, gave, gave you an ounce of our time or any of our attention or even cared about knowing you. You loved us. You were patient with us. You were gracious to us. And you sought after us. You brought the right people into our lives to teach us and introduce us to your son, Jesus Christ. You led us to read your word and you opened the eyes of our heart that we would understand your word, that we would get to know you that we would enter into a relationship with you, the author of our destiny, our creator, the one who made us. And we're so grateful tonight. Holy Spirit, we just open our hearts to you. Speak to us. Mold us. Shape us. You're the giver of life. And we depend completely on you tonight. Have your way in our hearts. Change what needs to be changed. Shift what needs to be shifted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, two weeks ago, on September 29th, we shared the word together and began a message entitled, The Best Seller. 
And tonight is part two of that message, The Bestseller. And The Bestseller is a title that you would think would refer to the Bible, because we know that the Bible is unquestionably the best-selling book of all time. No other book even comes close. When, when you look at the amount of Bibles that have been sold, printed, and published, it surpasses any other book by the billions, literally. And although the Bible is the best-selling book in our series, The Bestseller, we're not referring to the Bible as the bestseller. What are we referring to? You. See, God's written another best-selling book. And that best-selling book is you. What are we talking about? Your destiny. The fulfillment of your destiny is a bestseller that everyone wants to read. Did you know that people are longing to see men and women who know the Lord? I mean, who really know them. Not have, not have Jesus t-shirts and, 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 and bumper stickers, but that's all right. But people who know him, people who are walking with him, who know their creator and, are, and their lives are in line with his destiny. They know where they're going. They're in the middle of his purpose and they're fulfilling his plan for their lives. You know, the world is looking for that. They don't realize, but when they see that, they take notice. Everyone wants to know their creator. Sure they do. Everyone wants to know their creator. Everyone wants to know the one who made them. So that's what we're talking about, the bestseller. We're talking about fulfilling your destiny, getting to know the one who made you. Did you know that your destiny is greater than anything you could ever imagine? think of or ask for greater your destiny is thrilling in fact nothing is more satisfying nothing is more fulfilling than than being on the path of God's destiny for your life than being in the center of his plan than waking up each day and knowing that every step you take you're getting closer to him did you also know that it is not possible to know your destiny, to understand or recognize your destiny, or to fulfill your destiny apart from a relationship with Him? Why? Because God the Father is the author of the best-selling book of you. He's your creator. He's the one who wrote your destiny before you were born. It's impossible to know and understand that and fulfill that apart from a relationship with Him. God the Father is the author and God the Son is the prototype. He's our example in fulfilling our destiny. See, He came to earth as a man and He exemplified for us what it's like to walk in intimacy, oneness with the Father. He's our example in filling our destiny. He exemplified the heart attitude that we are to have towards the Father and towards man and towards the world around us. He's the finisher. If you'll trust in Him, He'll bring you all the way across the finish line. If you'll trust Him. God the Father is the author. God the Son is the prototype. And God the Spirit is the narrator, the editor, and the publisher. Of your destiny. What do I mean? He's the narrator. As you go through each day, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, He will narrate to you which way to go. 
He will dictate to you the answers that you need to the issues of your life. He will narrate to you what God has in store for you. He will unveil God's destiny for your life. He's the editor. In order to fulfill God's destiny, you've got to edit your thoughts. He will help you edit your thoughts, renew your mind. Because if we're going to fulfill our destiny, if we're going to have an intimate relationship with the Father, we must learn to think as God thinks. He will edit your words. He'll teach you how to talk. If we're going to fulfill God's destiny for our lives, we must learn to speak as God speaks. So I said tonight that we're going to give you some concrete steps that you personally can take each day to get you on the path of God's destiny if you're not already on it. And if you're already on it, to keep you on that path and move you forward to the fulfillment of that destiny. So concrete steps. We began by saying last week that the fulfillment of your destiny begins by giving your whole self to Christ. If you haven't done that yet, your destiny hasn't begun. You may have little inklings here and there, and you know that just something, there's something you need to do on the inside of you. But the path begins when you give your whole self to Christ. What do you mean your whole self? All of your dreams, all of your hopes, all of your ambitions, everything you've ever wanted to be, all of your desires, all of your interests, and all that you are to Him. And that's when it begins. Now, I'll give you three things that will help you do that that will help you give your whole self to Him. Are you ready? Number one, acknowledging God. Number two, making God's priorities yours. And number three, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number one, acknowledging God. Number two, making God's priorities your priorities. And number three, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about acknowledging God. What does that mean? Let me read you a definition of acknowledge, to acknowledge. To acknowledge means to know, to recognize, to confess, to prove, to establish, to affirm, to declare to be true, and to confirm. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Two verses that should be etched into the tablet of your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your paths. Acknowledge Him, know Him, K-N-O-W, in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Recognize Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Confess Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Prove, establish Affirm him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Declare God's word to be true 
in all your ways. Confirm the word of God in all your ways and he will direct your path. We read an example of of someone who began acknowledging God in Psalm 139. Let's turn there, Psalm 139. We're talking about acknowledging God. The first step that will help you to give your whole self to Christ, that will put you on the path of God's destiny for your life. Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, we see an example of someone who's acknowledging God. They're turning their eyes towards Him. They're choosing to recognize Him in their lives. They're choosing to confess Him and establish and affirm who He is in their lives. Let's read Psalm 139. This is out of the New International Version. Starting in verse 1. O Lord, You have searched me and You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise You perceive my thoughts from afar. Acknowledge him in all your ways. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. Acknowledge him in all your ways. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. Acknowledge him in all your ways. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The message translation says, I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. My frame was not hidden from you. Acknowledge him, confess him, prove him, establish him, confirm him in all your ways. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you see how simply acknowledging God in all your ways changes your entire outlook on everything? You can choose to acknowledge your issues, your circumstances, people who've mistreated you, things that haven't gone your way, 
or you could choose to acknowledge the Lord. If you choose those other things, you'll just go around in circles. And eventually you'll go backwards and down. It's a very different way of living when you give your whole self to Christ. See, giving my whole self to Christ means I no longer give weight to the things of this world. I no longer let how people treat me affect me. I no longer let the temporary issues and situations and circumstances around me determine my countenance. I'm acknowledging the Lord. He's greater. He's my God. He's my creator. He's the one who made me, who knit me together in my mother's womb. In fact, before he did that, he wrote a destiny for my life. Every detail of it in his book. And then he designed me and put inside of me the gifts and abilities and perspectives and personality to fulfill that destiny. See? And, and that's how we think as his disciples and as his children. We acknowledge him in our lives. So when we go to work, we're going to work with very different motives. With a, with a different motivation. With a different outlook. With a different reason for doing what we do. We're acknowledging Him. We're looking for Him in every area of our lives. Looking for Him in every cubicle, in every office, right? In every building, in every place. We're listening to Him. We're acknowledging Him. We're confessing Him. We're trusting in Him. Would you say that worshiping the Lord is acknowledging Him? This is worship, isn't it, in Psalm 139? It's a worship. It's an attitude of worship. I like Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. Acknowledging him in all your ways. That is a great picture of the attitude we're to have. Right? With my whole heart, I will give you thanks and praise you. I will personally, don't know about everybody else, but personally, I have, I have activated my will. Right? I have employed my free will to acknowledge you and to show forth your marvelous works in my life. I have employed my will to use my voice to praise you, to sing unto your name, and to thank you, and to trust in you that you're going to bring me over, that you're going to cause me to triumph 24-7 every day of my life, every week, every month, every year, from now until you return. Acknowledging the Lord. Is, is Philippians 4-4, is that acknowledging the Lord? That's worship, isn't it? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The message says celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. Is that acknowledging the Lord? Is that worship? Absolutely. See, it's this attitude that changes your whole perspective about yourself about those around you, about your family, about your friends, about your employer, about the job that you have, about the world around you, and it gives you God's perspective. You see yourself as His creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. You cannot have a poor self-image if you acknowledge the Lord. 
You cannot be depressed if you have cultivated the habit and lifestyle of acknowledging Him. See, it takes our mind off of ourselves in one sense, doesn't it? Or off of our issues, off of the challenges that we face. And it puts our mind on the the maker of heaven and earth, on the creator, on the victorious one, on our leader, on the author of our destiny. Acknowledging God. Hallelujah. We confess Him. We confirm Him. We prove Him. We establish Him. we we, We show His Word to be true in every area of our lives. Number two, making God's priorities your priorities. Nothing's more fulfilling, nothing's more satisfying than being on the path of God's destiny for your life. You don't want to miss it. You know, it's possible to be a success in the eyes of the world and to have the applause of millions to have the applause of man and still not fulfill the destiny of God for your life. I mean, history is plastered with men and women who were successful in the eyes of the world and had the applause of man, but in reality, inside, they were empty and they were broken. And many of them took their own lives because they couldn't take the pain. Hollywood, isn't Hollywood an amazing place? Filled with people and on the screen when they have a script that's written for them and stunt doubles and props and lights and cameras, they look wonderful. But in reality, in their real life, you've got people with miserable private lives that go from relationship to relationship, marriage to marriage, drugs, alcohol, abuse, perversion, pornography, taking their own lives. Why? Because they haven't realized who their author is. They haven't acknowledged God. They haven't made God's priorities their priorities. And they haven't followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. I pray for actors who will do that. Right? Who will follow the Lord. So we want to acknowledge God in every area. There's too much at stake. Right? It's way too much at stake to not do this. It's why we're on the earth. Aren't people searching for significance? Right? For a reason for being here. Well, that's found in the Father. He's our significance. He's our maker. Can't get any more significant than that. See? So we're acknowledging God in all our ways, and we're making God's priorities our own. I love the Master. Remember, God the Son is our example in this. And I love to read through the Gospels and just absorb His heart attitude towards the Father and towards man. And we see Jesus, our prototype, in terms of finishing our destiny. We see him, uh, that he's completely consumed with the will of the Father. All he thought about. All he thought about. He was a carpenter, but his mind was on the will of the Father. And he began his ministry around the age of 30. And as he's ministering with his disciples, there were times, one time in specific in John chapter 4, where they were concerned because they noticed he hadn't had anything to eat. And they said, Master, eat something. In other words, we just ate something because we were kind of getting weak. So we had some natural food to get our strength back. And he says to them, I have a source of strength that you don't know about yet. I have meat to eat that you don't know about. I have a way of living you haven't discovered yet. 
You see, I draw my strength not from the food pyramid. So many Christians looking for answers to health through diets and exercise. There's a greater way. Do you realize if you will acknowledge God in all your ways and you'll begin to keep your mind on Him and confess His Word in every area of your life, you will enjoy a health that you may not even know is possible. There's a greater way than the world's answer. Right? You can try both. I choose the Lord's way. Right? See, Jesus said, this meat that you're eating, this natural food that you're eating, it's just that. It it comes and it goes. It passes out of your body. But there's a strength that never fails. There's my nourishment, what fills the cells of my body with life, what strengthens me, what moves me forward and makes me strong is doing the will of the Father. Keeping my mind set on his, making his priorities my own. There is a strength in there that you haven't discovered yet. So many believers are trying to follow the Lord the world's way. They're drawing their strength from the world's systems and diets and plans. But there's a greater strength. A greater strength. And that's keeping your mind stayed on Him. Making His priorities your own. Determining that when I get up in the morning, the reason I'm getting up is to fellowship and be intimate with my author. With my Creator. To know Him more and more. I have, I have a way of living you haven't discovered yet. I like that. In Matthew 10, verses 38 and 39, we shared this in part 1 out of the Amplified. Jesus, our example in the fulfillment of our destiny, says, And he who does not take up his cross and follow me, cleaves steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living, and if need be in dying also, is not worthy of me. This is extreme, isn't it? You can't follow the Lord halfway. Boy, I tell you, the world is kind of mediocre, isn't it? That's what wants you to stay in that lukewarm warm place. Right? Just go halfway. If you're going to be a Christian, go halfway. You'll come to church, read your Bible, but don't, get, don't go too far with it. Well, Jesus never says that. Jesus says go all the way. Right? In fact, if you don't go all the way, He says you're not worthy of me. That's pretty intense, isn't it? It's just love, really, isn't it? Love goes all the way. Isn't that why marriage is forever? Because love goes all the way. Can you imagine getting married to someone for a year? That's not love. Right? Love's forever. It's extreme. Isn't love extreme? Come on. It's extreme. It's forever. You get married, it's, it's got to be forever. It takes forever just to enjoy it. Just to experience all the facets of it. It does. You understand what I'm saying? The honeymoon is just the beginning of the joy. There are many more levels beyond that. And you can't experience it in a year. You can't experience it in two. It takes a lifetime to dive into the depths of the joy of marriage. Love is forever, man. See, see, God's not, he's just, he's just, God's love, isn't he? He's just talking, love's talking. He says, whoever finds his lower life, the world's way of doing things, will lose it, the higher life, the love way. And whoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it the higher life. See, Jesus, our example, he treasured God. He treasured the things of God. 
Now we're coming to Matthew 6.33, aren't we? Right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. First. Can you have two things in first place? Can't do it, can you? There's only one first place. Who's first place in your life? Just go through your day tomorrow and see who's first place. What do you put your energy towards? What do you put your finances towards? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these verses kind of sound the same, don't they? Right? It's all about God being everything. Right? God being all that we live for. All that we seek after. God knows what you need. Isn't that wonderful? The Father knows that you need these things. The world's seeking after good jobs and and promotions and nice clothes and cars and homes and vacations. God knows you need those things. He knows that. But He has a better way of getting them to you that won't wear you out and stress you out. Right? That won't wear out your family. And that's seeking first His kingdom. And his righteousness. And let him add those things to you. Isn't that wonderful? The world has a a template for your life, don't they? Right? I saw this template when I was growing up. The world says you need to get an education. Find a good school to go to. Get a degree in a good field that has lots of job opportunities. That pays well. And then work in that field and get your promotions and do that for so many years and make a career for yourself. And then and in the meantime, lay up money for your future. Got to have security in the future. Build your retirement. And then on a certain age, which is very limiting, then you, then you go and play golf. You know? How boring. God has a destiny for you. It's all right to play golf, but man, there's much more to that. Do you know your life doesn't stop at 65? Who told you that? How silly. Where did that concept come from? See, you know what the devil wants to do? He wants to narrow your window of opportunity. He doesn't want you to be mature at 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. He wants you to maybe to hit maturity around, I don't know, 45, 50. Right? And then he wants you to be done about 60. See? Instead of taking this 120-year span that God has declared over your life, the devil wants to narrow it to about 10, 15 years. You see? But God says man's life will be 120 years. Right? Acknowledge him in all your ways. How many thoughts of the world, how many uh, templates of life have you, have you put into your hard drive that the, that the world has authored? Do you see life in that way? 65? My goodness, you're just getting started. Just getting started. Hallelujah. 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 Just getting started. This thing's too good. This thing's too good for a 10-year window. It's, it's a lifetime, man. See, God's destiny for you gets better. And I, I should say, the, the moving forward, the realization of it, as we realize it more, right? we realize that it's greater than what we thought it was going to be. It thrills us more the more it's unveiled to us. Are you following me? I mean, if, if your concept of God's destiny for your life doesn't absolutely thrill you, you haven't realized it yet. 
Because it's inside of you. And when it awakens inside of you, I wish sometimes I didn't have to sleep. I really do. I wish I didn't have to. I wish I I could just keep on going. But we're in a mortal body that needs rest, and that's all right. But praise God, this thing's so good, man. I don't want to sleep. I want to keep going. I want to keep doing the things that God's called us to do. Hallelujah. So we're treasuring the things of God. Now, how important would you say God's word is to him? On a scale of one to ten. Ten, baby. Huh? Yeah, so God's word is important. he, He said, I've exalted my word above my name. So we're making God's priorities our own. So his word becomes very important to us. It's a ten to us, right? How important is the body of Christ to the Father? What's the body of Christ? Every believer on the planet, right? Everyone who's declared Jesus Christ is Lord. The body of Christ. This local body, Faith Christian Center, is a part of the body of Christ. How important is this local body to the Father? Very important, right? So how important is it to us? Very important. Why? Because everyone's so sweet and lovely? No. Because it's important to Him. It's his body. So we come to church not looking for sweet, lovely people. We come to church to serve him. Now we're getting into third and final point. Are you ready? Following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I like this one. Following the leading. Are you afraid of the Holy Spirit? Are you afraid that he's going to ask you to do something that isn't going to be any fun? That might tax you a little bit or hurt a little bit? Following the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's the narrator. When the Holy Spirit leads you, he will lead you by the word of God. And by the spirit of God. Not by opportunities, circumstances, and quote unquote open doors. Let me help you a little bit. When I was a child growing up, I didn't know the Lord. My family, we went to a church, but they didn't teach the Bible, unfortunately. But I could tell there were just some things wrong in my house. I look back now and I see the Holy Spirit had his hand on my life and was teaching me things even though I didn't realize it. But I would watch the adults in my life. You know, some of them went to good schools, had high-paying jobs, prestigious positions, or some of them maybe uh, just all kinds of different adults in my life. And I saw that they were frustrated and they were getting worn out and they fought with each other regardless of how much money was coming in. And I thought, this is wrong. It wasn't meant to be this way. Now, here was their answer. And what they would do in times when they'd sit around and have coffee, I'd be there at the kid playing with my Legos or something at the table, and I'd listen to them talking. Children, listen to everything you say and everything you don't say. Don't they? How important it is to acknowledge the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm sitting there listening to these adults, and you know what they're talking about is why things aren't good in their life. If we just had a different job, if we lived in a different part of the country, and they begin looking at different states, oh, it'd be nice to live there. There's more opportunity there. You know, it's a nicer climate there. And all that makes sense in the natural. But see, if you move to a different state, guess what? You're going to be there. You'll be living there. You can't move away from yourself. Did you know that? 
What am I saying? The answer is inside of you. It's not outside of you. If there's any dissatisfaction or frustration in your life, it's not because of the people around you. It's not because of your employment. It's not because of your geographical location. It's not because of your circumstances or the state that you live in. It's because you haven't yet realized the destiny of God for your life. You haven't. When you realize that, it doesn't matter where you live. You'll have a joy that can't be shaken. You'll have an optimistic outlook that will not change ever. That's all they knew how to do was, well, you know, things aren't working out because so-and-so did this to me. Uh, You know, the the economy's bad. Um, I need to go back to school and get another degree so it'll enable me to make more money, get another promotion, or shift into a different occupation. And the answers are all outside. That's the world's way. The answer's in here. The kingdom of God is within you. So I made up my mind. I said, boy, I'm not going to live that way. Thank God he got a hold of my heart, and I began to talk to him as a teen. And I've been living that way ever since uh, my late teen years. And I'm telling you, man, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Whenever I need an answer or have any frustration, I just get alone with God, close the door, and begin to worship Him. Hallelujah, Lord, you're my God. Thank you for who you are and all that you've done in my life. Thank you for leading and guiding me. Thank you for for confirming your will in my life. Thank you that your destiny and purpose are fulfilled in my life. It's the abundance of your grace, Lord. Thank you for leading me forward and for taking care and accomplishing the things that concern me. Thank you for watching over me and never going to sleep and taking, uh, to, uh, being concerned about the things that I'm concerned with. Thank you, Lord God. Following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, this, your destiny is a process, isn't it? Sometimes we think that you know, God may have spoken to you. You may have a, a good idea of what your destiny is. So we think, okay, now we know the next day someone's going to come up and ask me and say, okay, Go ahead. Do, it, do, do what you've been called to do. And you're just going to step into the fullness of that. That's not the way it works. It's a path and a process. So you may know something. You may know what God has called you to do. But there is a path and a process to get there. And it doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week or a month or a year. It takes time, friend, because this thing's bigger than what you've imagined. This thing's greater than what you imagined. It's going to require more of you than what you've imagined. It's going to require more strength than you have now. It's going to require more faith than you have now. More love than you have now. More patience than you have now. This thing's greater. Right? So often this is how the Holy Spirit will do it. He's, maybe He's shown you and you know He's called me to do this. So you get up next morning, wait for someone to call you and say, okay, you're hired, do this. The call doesn't come. Instead, you come to church. And someone asks you to serve on a ministry team. Remember, his priorities, the body of Christ, are our priorities. Someone asks you to do something that appears to be insignificant and unrelated to what God has spoken to you. What is he doing? See, God knows how to put you in just the situation you need to develop what needs to be developed in you. And if you move away from that, you move to another state. You're moving away from the plan and process of your destiny. Are you following me? So someone comes along and asks you to serve in a helps ministry in your local church. 
why would I want to do that? God's called me to do this. See? Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit inevitably. If you acknowledge Him in every area of your lives, if you will make His priorities your priorities and follow the leading of the Spirit, He will lead you to serve in your local church in some capacity, inevitably, because that's on His mind all the time. All the time. You see? But are you willing to submit to that? Are you willing to take the offenses? To not think of the little task that He's given you as insignificant. To not be impatient. To go through that molding process when it hurts sometimes. Because what you want's not happening. Things aren't going the way you want them to go. It doesn't look like anyone knows what you've been called to do. It seems like it's just an unknown to those around you. But God knows. God's leading you. You're acknowledging Him in all your ways. He's directing your paths. So you don't allow offense to set in. You don't get impatient. You let the process continue. He's the editor. Romans 12, 2, renewing your mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be, renewed by the tra- uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For time's sake, we're just going to move right through these. He will, the leading of the Holy Spirit, He will lead you to scriptures that will change the way you think and that will change the way you speak about every area of your life if you'll let Him. The narrator, the editor, and the publisher. You see, the Holy Spirit, He turns our lives into something amazing. It's kind of like a printing press. He turns our lives into a printing press for the glory of God. See, He leads us to meditate in the Word. And as we meditate in the Word, we keep, God's, we keep our mind on the Word of God. Those words begin to fill our mind and they sink into our heart. And they begin to grow and bear fruit in our heart. And we begin to speak them with our mouth. And as we speak them with our mouth, we begin to act on them. And our actions become the printing press of our lives, don't they? Right? People look at our lives and they see us doing things. They see us living in a certain way that brings glory to God. And they want to know who our author is. Who's published this book? Where does this life come from? Where does this joy come from? Where does this strength come from? Where does this peace come from? No one is more ambitious for your success than your author. Do you believe that? God the Father, the author of your destiny says, I know the plans I have for you. Did you think I forgot? The plans to prosper you, to thrill you. To cause you to triumph in every area of your life. Not to harm you. To give you a confidence that's unshakable. A certainty. And an expected end. Hallelujah. The plot that God has written for your life is a bestseller. Better than anything you could dream of or imagine. I exhort you tonight to acknowledge Him in all your ways. Confess Him. Know Him. Confirm Him. Make His priorities your own. And follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And watch God unfold and fulfill His destiny for your life.